0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets, so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment, where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. And this here is episode number 51, believe it or not. And this week, we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 15th week of 2023. And that is from Tuesday, the 11th to Friday, the 14th of April. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamu And together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States, where the Labor Department on Wednesday reported that inflation in the U.S. had cooled off in the month of March, as the rate hikes from the Federal Reserve begin to show more impact. The Consumer Price Index, which measures the cost of goods and services in the economy, rose 5% from a year ago and 0.1% for the month. Excluding food and energy prices, the core consumer price index increased by 5.6% on an annual basis and 0.4% on a monthly basis. This data confirms that inflation is now slowing down, but is still well above the Fed's target level of 2%, which it considers a healthy and sustainable level of inflation. Over the past one year, the Federal Reserve has raised its benchmark interest rate nine times for a total of 4.75%, which is the fastest pace of tightening since the early 1980s. Meanwhile, on the retail front in the U.S., the advanced retail sales data signaled that consumer spending slowed down in the month of March, as consumers begin to hold back due to recession fears and the recent banking crisis. The advanced reading of retail sales showed a decline of 1% in March, which was far greater than the market expectations, which had focused a decline of 0.5%. And according to Federal Reserve documents that were released on Wednesday, the fallout from the U.S. banking crisis is likely to tilt the U.S. economy into a recession later this year. The presentation on potential repercussions from the failure of Silicon Valley Bank and the ensuing crisis in the financial sector have led Fed officials to project that economic growth for 2023 will be stunted at just 0.4%. And in Japan, the new governor of the Bank of Japan, Kazuo Ueda, in his inaugural briefing on Monday, emphasized his intention to maintain unconventional monetary policies in order to achieve the central bank's inflation target of 2%. Due to the anticipated change in central bank policy, the Japanese yen is expected to strengthen to 120 yen per U.S. dollar before the end of this year. This forecast is further supported by the view that the Federal Reserve has reached the peak of its rate hiking cycle. And data from the People's Republic of China shows that the value of exports in the month of March Beat all expectations and marked a surprise growth of about 15%. This data breaks a five month streak of declines in the value of Chinese exports. China recorded a trade surplus of 88 billion US dollars, and on the back of that, the Chinese yuan strengthened to 6.872 versus the US dollar. Meanwhile, in the United Kingdom, economic growth was flat in the month of February as widespread industrial action coupled with persistently high inflation restricted economic activity. Data released on Thursday showed that the gross domestic product was flat in February and these followed an upwardly revised growth of 0.4% in January. In the U.S. stock market, all the major indices were down on Friday but remained positive for the week as retail sales came in weaker than expected and dented enthusiasm about stronger-than-expected corporate earnings. On Friday, the 30-stock Dow Jones dropped 143 points to close at 33,886 while the S&P 500 fell 0.21% to settle at 4,137, and the Nasdaq Composite slid 0.35% to 12,123. For the week, the Dow rose 1.2% and recorded its fourth consecutive positive week. Meanwhile, the Broad Market Index, that is the S&P 500, was up 0.79% for the week, while the Nasdaq Composite ticked up by just 0.29%. In the U.S. bond market, even on the back of positive economic data that showed inflation was easing off, the yield on the two-year Treasury note still climbed back above the 4% level. The yield on the two-year paper was last up 11 basis points at 4.091%. Meanwhile, the yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury bond jumped more than 6 basis points and was last seen trading at 3.513%. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil was up on Friday and secured its fourth straight week of gains, after the International Energy Agency said that global demand is expected to hit a record high this year, driven mainly by a recovery in Chinese consumption. The Energy Agency also warned that the deep output cuts recently announced by OPEC, that is the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, could further exacerbate the oil supply deficit. In its monthly report, the agency projects that global oil demand is set to grow by 2 million barrels per day in 2023 to a record high of 102 million barrels per day, driven mostly by stronger consumption in China. On the back of that, Brent crude rose 0.3% and settled at 86.31 US dollars a barrel, Whilst the US benchmark West Texas Intermediate gained 0.4% to close at 82.52 US dollars a barrel. For the week, Brent posted a gain of 1.5%, whilst West Texas was up 2.4%. Meanwhile, Marbon Oil, which Kenya imports, increased to 88.52 dollars a barrel compared to $85.94 the previous week. And in the precious metals market, as a Federal Reserve official indicated the need for another rate hike, the U.S. dollar bounced up as the price of gold pulled back sharply and was last down 1.7% to trade at $2,005 US dollars per ounce. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets, and as is the norm, we start by looking at the foreign exchange market, where during the past week, the Kenyan shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained stable and resilient versus the regional currencies. According to the central bank, the Kenyan shilling was trading at 133.95 versus the U.S. dollar, compared to 132.94 the previous week. However, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 136 shillings on the lower side to 144 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 166.92 and the euro was valued at 146.98. And on the regional front, one Kenyan shilling was changing hands for 27.96 Ugandan shillings and 17.51 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.24. In my view, the Kenyan shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future as the country remains weighed down by foreign external debts as our debt-to-GDP ratio now stands above the 70% level and our debt repayments consume more than 65% of total revenue collections. On foreign exchange reserves, during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves declined by $70 million to $6.376 billion U.S. billion, which is equivalent to 3.56 months of import cover. This amount falls below the required threshold and is in breach of the central bank statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have now dropped to their lowest level in the past 10 years, and this is the result of increased foreign debt repayments coupled with the country's inability to access the international financial markets due to the high cost of U.S. dollar debt. And as always, good news from county number 48 as the inflow of diaspora remittances in the month of March totaled $357 million, and this is compared to $309 million that was recorded in the month of February which was an increase of 15%. Meanwhile, the cumulative inflows for the 12 months to March 2023 totaled an astounding $4.02 billion U.S. billion. The inflow of remittances continues to support Kenya's current account as well as the local foreign exchange market. The United States remains the largest source of remittances into Kenya, accounting for 58% of total remittances received in the month of March 2023. In the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market was significantly tighter during the past week as tax remittances to the government exceeded and more than offset government payments into the market. Commercial bank success reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 10.4 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate recorded at 8.46% compared to 8.33% the previous week. And during the week, the average value of deals traded in the interbank market decreased to 23.8 billion shillings from 28 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 13th of April, and the central bank received bids totaling 29.4 billion shillings, against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 122%. The central bank ended up accepting 27.3 billion shillings for all the three tenors. Meanwhile, interest rates increased marginally but remained stable as the 91-day rate rose by 6.8 basis points to settle at 10.07%, while the 182-day rate climbed by 6 basis points to 10.42%, and last but not least, the 364-day rate increased by 7.5 basis points to rest at 10.93%. For your information, 1 basis point is equivalent to 0.01%, and therefore 100 basis points is equivalent to 1 percentage point. In the primary bond market, after a dismal performance of the 1st April bond issue, which managed to raise only 3.3 billion shillings, the central bank immediately announced a top sale of 10 billion shillings for the infrastructure bond, issue number IFB1 stroke 2023 stroke 017. The top sale was offered and auctioned the same week, on a first-come, first-served basis, and the central bank received bids totalling 5.1 billion shillings, representing a performance of 51%. These bonds were accepted at a weighted average rate of 14.39%, which is the coupon for this bond. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange, during the past week, the equities market was on a downward trajectory with the NASI, the NSE20, and the NSE25 declining by 2.4%, 1.9%, and 2.1% respectively. This takes the year-to-date performance to losses of 12.4% for the NASI, 3.7% for the NSE20, and 6.9% for the nsc 25 The market's performance was mainly driven by losses recorded by large-cap stocks such as Bamburi, KCB Group, Safaricom, and Equity Group, which declined by 6%, 5.6%, 4.3%, and 2.2% respectively. These losses were, however, slightly mitigated by gains recorded by stocks, such as British American Tobacco, that is BAT, and NCBA Group, which increased by 4.8% and 1.2% respectively. During the week, the turnover in equities decreased by 33% to $7.7 million, as foreign investors turned into net buyers, with a net buying position of $1.5 million. However, on a year-to-date basis, foreign investors remain net sellers, with a net selling position of about $41 million. In the bond market, turnover in the domestic secondary market declined by 39% during the past week. And in the international market, the yields on Kenya's Eurobonds were on an upward trajectory and increased by an average of 24 basis points as the yield on the 10 year Eurobond, which matures in 2028, increased the most, rising by 50 basis points from 14.2% to 14.7%. Next up, is the topical issue, and this week we provide a brief overview of the World Economic Outlook Report for 2023. On Tuesday, the IMF, that is the International Monetary Fund, published its latest World Economic Outlook Report, in which it projects the weakest global economic growth since 1990 the IMF has forecast that global economic growth will decline from 3.4% in 2022 to 2.8% in 2023, before settling at 3% in 2024. The weaker growth prospects stem from the tight monetary policy stance taken by central banks to bring down inflation, as well as the fallout from the recent banking crisis and in addition to that, the geopolitical fragmentations such as Brexit and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. According to the IMF, global headline inflation is set to fall from 8.7% in 2022 to 7% in 2023, and this is on the back of lower commodity prices. However, Underlying inflation is expected to decline at a much slower pace, and in most countries, inflation is unlikely to return to target levels before 2025. The IMF's chief economist also warned that interest rate hikes by central banks have increased the cost of funding for banks, and this has caused significant losses in assets such as long-term bonds. Banks are therefore in a more precarious situation and the IMF sees further tightening of funding conditions for banks, which in turn will squeeze their ability to lend. And this is likely to present a significant risk to global economic growth, which in an alternative scenario could drop further down to 2.5% in 2023. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, the Market Color podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U. H-U-R-I once again thank you for your continued support I look forward to interacting with you again next week and in the meantime please do have yourselves a blessed and fruitful week ahead and remember if you're going to try, go all the way, otherwise don't even start from a poem by Charles Bukowski think about it